You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. What's up, Bayshore? How are you guys doing today? Happy Father's Day to all the dads that are here this morning. Can we make some noise for our dads? Um, I am very pumped about Dad's Day, and I am not a dad yet. I'm going to be a dad in like uh, two weeks, or two months. Two weeks, whoa. Give myself a heart attack, my goodness. Um, Two months-ish, so not quite yet. But I had an awesome dad growing up, and uh, Joel uh, Joel never says anything false except this morning when he said that his dad is the best dad, because mine is. So... Um, you know, my dad was awesome growing up. Uh, he always, you know, pushed me to work hard and to go after the things that I'm passionate about. And he makes the best burgers ever. He always puts bacon on them, which is amazing. And, uh, you know, he is the reason that I am a fan of the 2017 Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. So if that's not a reason to get pumped about dads, I don't know what is. But look, we're, we're so pumped for all the dads that are here today. We just want to let you know that we're thankful for you. And um, we want to say hey to every uh, dad that's watching online and everybody else that's online. Can we make some noise for our online family? We love our podcast listeners and our Facebook and YouTube viewers, and whether you're in the room or whether you're online, whether you listen to the podcast when you're mowing the lawn, you're a part of the Bayshore family, and, and we're just excited that you're joining us today. My name is Cotter, and I am the Next Steps pastor here at Bayshore, and, and I'm thankful for this chance to hang out with you guys, and I can't think of a better place to be in the middle of June than right here in Rehoboth. Rehoboth is uh, such a special place to my family and I. We uh, grew up coming here at ton because my grandmother has a house down here. So in the summers, my brother and sister and I and my family, we would always come down here like as much as we could. We would be hanging out at the beach. We go to the arcades. We play Ryan's mini golf up on the boardwalk. Um, We just love hanging out in Rehoboth. And my grandmother loved uh, coming to Rehoboth too. She would, she loved just kind of going around, being on the boardwalk and going down by Silver Lake. And uh, she got older, her knees started to kind of give her some issues, so she wasn't able to get around a lot. Um, but that led to what I believe is the best purchase that she ever made, and that is a go buggy. Does anybody know what a go buggy is? It's like a little scooter for like grandparents. It's like a grandparent go kart, basically. <laughs> it's it's amazing. We got a picture of one. We can toss up. These things are the coolest things ever. And, and so these are awesome. It helped her get around like wherever she wanted to go. She could just hop in this thing. She had freedom. She could roll around. And, and this might be uh, a grandparent mobility scooter. That's what Google says. Uh, but for us grandkids, this was like the greatest toy ever. It was amazing. You can, you can go really, really fast on these things. So they're awesome. And, and it was so cool because when my grandmother got this, like her knees had been giving her issues and then she got this and she could just go around wherever she wanted to. And she had all this freedom. Um, and so one day we were going up to the boardwalk and so she just wanted to see the ocean. So we were going and she was rolling in her go buggy. And, uh, and so on the way back, uh, something happened that had never happened before. She had this thing for years and uh, the, the battery died. While she was in the middle of the street, 
So my grandmother is sitting in a like grandparent go-kart in the middle of the street with no battery and no way to get home. And it was like, it was crazy. So I was with my sister and her kids um, and then with my mom and then with my wife, Emily, and we were all behind her trying to push her down the street. We got a picture of this. We can toss up. This is all of us uh, pushing her down the street. Yeah, I wasn't helping. I was just laughing and taking pictures because I thought it was really funny. Um, But you would think with like eight of us trying to push her down the street that we could get her back to the house. Well, we ran into this issue where I guess there's like a safety mechanism in these things. So if the power's off and it gets to a certain speed, the emergency brake kicks in. So you push her a little bit and then we just jolt and, and stop. And so we were, we were struggling really hard. And until uh, my niece, Rory, who was three years old at the time, you can see her, she's, she's right back here. Um, so she was three years old at the time. And then she started pushing my grandmother. And, and that, like, that changed everything because she was strong enough to push her where she like, had some speed, but not strong enough to trigger the emergency brake. So it was awesome, and, and I, uh, I wasn't helping at all. I was just taking pictures. So I got a video of this. Um, we'll, we'll put this video up on the screen. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? She pushed her all the way back to the house. It was, it was the funniest thing ever. That is one of my like, absolute favorite memories. But my grandmother loved that like, go-kart thing because it, it gave her freedom, and, and she didn't really need anybody else's help. But, but that day, she definitely needed our help to get back to the house. And, and isn't it true that we all need the help of other people around us sometimes? We need their support. We need their encouragement. Um, so today, we're going to look to the Bible, and we're going to see what it says about the importance of having a group of people that are around us, that are walking through life with us, people who are by our side, helping us through the joys and the challenges of life. And in this series, we've been uh, talking about how we fight our battles. And one of the most important things that we can do to fight our battles is to surround ourselves with people that are on our side, people that are there for us, and also people that we can be there for to support them. So today we are talking about the importance of having other people by our side as we fight our battles. So we're going to hop into the Bible, and, and normally um, we tell you who wrote the book that we're reading, but today we're reading Hebrews, and nobody really knows who wrote the book of Hebrews. But uh, one thing that we do know is that, that Hebrews is an awesome book, and, and it's just a whole book that talks about how great Jesus is. So we're going to hop into Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to put this up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to start with verse 24. So it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So in these verses, what we see is a call to be committed to meeting with other Christians. It says that we need to make it a habit. It needs to be a priority. Being with other people that love Jesus is something that we need to be doing regularly. It's not good for us to get isolated and go through life alone. We need the support of others. We need their prayer and their encouragement, and we just need their conversation. So if you're taking notes this morning, our first point is that we fight our battles by avoiding isolation. We fight our battles by avoiding isolation. And, and if you think about the Bible, going back to the beginning of time in, in, the, um, in the book of Genesis, we see that, that God had created Adam. And shortly after he created Adam, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. And, and that's when God created Eve. So God looked at Adam 
He saw that he was isolated. He saw that he needed somebody with him, and he needed that community and support. So from the beginning of time, God was working for Adam to remove him from isolation. And I think that's something that we need to place an emphasis on in our lives as well. And in here in Hebrews, we see it repeated where it says to not give up meeting together because isolation isn't good, and and it can be really dangerous for us. Now, about uh, eight years ago, um, I had just graduated college, and I was um, excited, and I was down here in Rehoboth uh, skimboarding, which is something that I absolutely love to do. Um, I've been doing that like since I was a little kid, and so um, I was down here skimboarding, and that day I had a really bad fall. Um, I hit my head like crazy hard, and um, I got a really bad concussion, and it wasn't like the concussions that you see like football players get where they kind of hit their head, they're a little woozy and they get back in or they're back in like a week later. Um, I had like a really uh, a bad injury. So I was out for like nine months, just like at home in a dark room. I couldn't talk to people um, where I hit my head. It kind of uh, affected my ability to read. I couldn't really walk um, and I couldn't really like understand people or talk well. So I was real sensitive to light. So I was just sitting in a dark room all alone for, for a super long time. And, uh, and the worst part of that whole thing was the month of November. So like my injury happened in September, but I'll tell you what, the month of September or of November was, was awful. And I'm sure you're wondering like, okay, how can you remember that eight years ago, like November of 2013 was like the worst month of, of your whole life? Well, it was like really bad. It was like one of those months that I just, you know, wish I could forget, but I can't. But, um, you know, that month was really rough because I was just totally alone for the whole month because I couldn't walk or really talk and, and get out of the house. I was sensitive like the sunlight. I just was alone. I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't have anybody that I could hang out with. And, and I was just more isolated than I've ever been in my whole life. And I'm an introvert. Like, I love being alone, but uh, this was just a little bit too much. And it was a really challenging time for me. I was fighting depression. Uh, I was fighting anxiety. And, and I was fighting a lot of fears of like, just kind of wondering if that was going to be what my life was like for the rest of my life, just kind of chilling in a dark room without able to go outside. It was, it was really hard. And, and it was hard because I didn't have a ton of support during that time. All the people around me were just, you know, they still had their responsibilities. So they were still going to work, getting their schoolwork done. They were, they were doing all the things they needed to do. And, and look, here's why I tell you this story. I tell you the story because the only way that I was able to get out of that isolation, get out of that dark place that I was in, the only way I was able to heal both physically and mentally was to reach out to people. So I, I decided I was going to leave the apartment that I was at. I left my apartment, and I moved back in with my parents, um, something everybody who graduates college should do. You should totally move back in with your parents. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I left my apartment. I moved back in with my parents. And, and that was so awesome because I had people that were always looking out for me, people that I could talk to in the morning. I'd see them at night. I'd see them all the time, and that was so big for me. Um, I made it a priority to, to have my friends come see me. So like my friend CJ would come down. He'd bring me RVs and, and just chat with me. Uh, Emily and I were together at the time, so she'd come down and tell me how her school was going and how work was going, and my parents were just always there. And, and I had found myself in this really, really bad spot where I got super isolated, and, and it was just a really difficult thing, but when I surrounded myself with people, things got better immediately. Like my physical health, it took a, a lot longer to get uh, totally better, but my mental state, it got better immediately as soon as I surrounded myself with people. 
So when we see in this verse here in Hebrews 10, to not isolate ourselves, man, I can tell you from experience, it is, uh, isolation is, is awful. It's painful and it's difficult. And, and here's the most important thing. It's not what we were created for. We were not created to be isolated going through life on our own. We need a community of people that are around us. We were created to be with others. People, we need people around us that are encouraging us, people who are, are building us, us up, people who are checking in to see how life's going, people that are just talking to us about random things like sports and, and other hobbies that we have. We need people around us, people who support us, because we fight our battles by avoiding isolation. Now, there's a really cool story in the Bible that illustrates this importance of having people around us, and it comes from the Old Testament in the book of 1 Samuel, and, and we're going to hop into chapter 23 here in a minute, but since we're kind of hopping in to the middle of this book, and, and we're going to be hopping into the middle of the chapter as well, I just kind of want to let you know what's happening at, at this point where we're hopping in. So at this time, Saul is the king of Israel. Now, uh, Saul is getting really angry with David. Now, David's like the little guy who slayed Goliath, like that David. So David had killed Goliath, and David had been really successful in, in other battles. And now Saul was the king, and, and he was kind of getting fearful of David. He was kind of um, not very happy with him, so he decided that he was going to try to kill David. So Saul's trying to kill David. Meanwhile, David's best friend is Saul's son, Jonathan. So uh, Jonathan is, is a really close friend with David, and David's out on the run. He's just trying to stay alive. So we'll toss these verses up on the screen. This is coming from 1 Samuel chapter 23, starting in verse 15. So it says, while David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horish. So David's out on the run. He's just trying to stay alive. And, and Saul's coming after him, trying to kill him. And then Jonathan comes, and, and he does two things. He went out to David, and then he helped David find strength in God. And so in, in David's time of weakness, he had this ally. He had the support. He had somebody who came alongside of him, who could encourage him and pray for him. David was facing this, this really huge obstacle with the king of Israel coming after and trying to kill him, but he wasn't alone because he had Jonathan's support. So there's two really cool examples that, that I think we can learn from in, in this story. And I want to start by looking at the example of David. And here's our focus point with David here, if you're taking notes. It's that we fight our battles by surrounding ourselves with allies. We fight our battles by surrounding ourselves with allies. So at this point, David's in this, this really difficult spot. He, he realizes the king's coming after him, trying to kill him. And, and he hasn't done anything wrong. It's not like he, he deserved this. David was great. You know, he had honored the king. He had obeyed him. Um, but he still found himself in, in this tough spot. But what David did before that is what is so important for us to see. Because he did the work to surround himself with an ally before he got into this difficult position. He sought out an ally in Jonathan, and they became good friends while life was normal, while David was in no danger. And, and he didn't wait until he was in crisis to start crying out for help. He had already sought out help before he got into this difficult situation. And I think that's an amazing example for us. I think that's something we can really learn from because 
it can be really difficult for us to um, see the reason to reach out and build these relationships when life is going well. We tend to only act on things when there's a need, but when we find ourselves in a difficult situation, we're going to wish that we had already built those relationships so we can have those people that are by us because the problem in neglecting those relationships while things are going well is that it's going to put us in a really tough spot if we go through a difficult situation and we don't have allies that are there to support us. You know, when I was in a bad spot with my concussion, when I was isolated and struggling, I needed people to help me get out of that situation that, that I was in. And, and thankfully, I had people in my life that I could rely on. I could rely on my parents. I could rely on Emily. Um, but what I also had was a close friend in CJ. Now, CJ was a guy that I'd gone to high school with. We played soccer together. And then when we got to college, we would meet up every week. We would go to Arby's, and I would get their mozzarella sticks, and I would get Mountain Dew, and it was awesome. And, and we would just hang out, and we'd just talk about life. We would just chat about school and whatever was going on, and then we'd take time, and we'd read the Bible together, we'd play Xbox together. And because I had that friendship established at a time when life was normal, he was there for me when I needed a friend that I could rely on. And, and it may seem like such a small thing to have a close friend that you just grab lunch with or, or share hobbies with and talk to about life, but it's so crucial to have those people that are our allies, people that, that know us, people that are going to fight for us when we're struggling, people that will be praying for you, people that will be encouraging you. And what we can learn from this example of David is that we need to be proactive in establishing those relationships now, even if we don't see an immediate need for them, so we can do the work to support ourselves with allies so that when we do need their help, they're, they're going to be there for us. So David did that work to surround himself with a close ally in Jonathan, and Jonathan, he did the work to support David when he needed help. So we'll hop back into those verses in 1 Samuel 23. We'll put that back up. It says, while David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish, and he helped him find strength in God. So, so David's in this tough spot. And when Jonathan learned about that, he went out to help him. And I think this is wild because Jonathan knows that his dad is trying to kill David, and yet he goes to the place where David's at. So he puts himself into harm's way just to help out David. He, he went anyway. He wanted to encourage him because David meant that much to him. And, and that brings us to our third point here, and that's that we help others fight their battles. We help others fight their battles. Jonathan's example, it provides us with such a good blueprint for handling times when the people that are close to us and the people that are around us are struggling. So, so Jonathan was a great ally for David, and, and David really needed him. So here's a few things that we can learn from Jonathan's example. The first thing is that Jonathan was aware of David's struggle. He was aware of David's struggle. These verses say that David was out in the middle of the desert, Jonathan wasn't out there with him, but he still was aware that David was going through this. And, and Jonathan was close enough to David to know that there was something major going on in his life. And what we can apply to our lives from this is the importance of being in regular, meaningful conversation with the people that are close to us. That's not just following people on social media to get life updates and, and just having, you know, light conversations. Those things are, are so important. 
But with our close friends, we need to be asking them real questions about life. We need to be asking them how they're really doing. How is work really going? How's your marriage really going? How are things with your kids really going? We need to be asking those conversations and asking those questions and investing in the people that are close to us so that when they go through tough times, we're aware of what they're going through. The second thing that we see in Jonathan's example is that he was ready and willing to help out David. The ESV translation says that Jonathan rose and went to help out David. And I love that because that's two actions that Jonathan did to be proactive in helping David out. He didn't sit back and wait for David to ask for help because because he was in regular communication with him, he didn't have to hesitate to, to help him out. And I think that's an awesome lesson for us because it's easy for us to just sit back and think that the people that are around us are going to ask for help when they go through difficult situations. But most of the time, that's not going to happen. Most people are not going to reach out for help when they're struggling. And that's why it's so important for us to be proactive in being there for them and helping them out, even if they don't reach out to us. Jonathan rose and he went to David, and his help wasn't even requested, but, but he knew there was a need because he'd been in com- communication with him, and so he went to help him out. And I think it's important for us to be selfless and to be aware of the people around us so that we're ready to help them out, and we're doing that work to be there for them. And the final thing that we see in Jonathan's example is that he was committed to reminding David of God's promises. So verse 16 says that he helped him find strength in God. And I love what the ESV says here. It says that he strengthened his hand in God. And and in the following verses, Jonathan then goes on and he reminds David of God's promise to make him king over Israel. And this is such an important thing for us to remember when we're helping out the people that are close to us. Because in the middle of hard situations, it can be so difficult to see how God's working in our lives. It can feel like God is not there for us. It can feel like he doesn't care or he's forgotten about us or he doesn't care about our pain or the struggles that we're going through. And when we're going through that, when we have those thoughts in our head, we need people that are going to come alongside of us and recenter us on God's promises. We need people in our lives that are going to get those things out of our head and remind us, hey, God is in control. God does care for you. He does have a plan for you. And even though everything is crazy in your life and you just see the suffering, he is going to work all of this stuff together for your good because he promises to. Because in the middle of a crisis, it's so hard for us to have that perspective. And it's so hard for us to understand how God's working in our lives So we need those people that are going to come speak that truth to us when we're struggling. So when in Jonathan's, when we're in Jonathan's position, we're on the other side of it. When things are going well in our lives, we need to be those people who are helping our friends. We need to be those people who are reminding them of God's promises and reminding them that God cares for them and has a plan for them because that's what's going to give them hope. That is what is going to help them see a light at the end of their pain and knowing that God is there for them and that God has a plan for them and that God's not going to give up on them. That's what they need to hear. Now, I want to close with a couple practical ways that you can surround yourself with allies so that you're prepared to fight your battles and prepared to help the people around you fight their battles. And, and the first way is something that, that I just absolutely love, and it's something we talk about a lot, but it's joining a Bayshore group. Now, uh, Bayshore groups are a group of people that meet together regularly, and, and they, you know, they read the Bible or they discuss the messages. It's a place where you create friendships, where people pray for each other, and our, our groups are, are cool because there's, there's different groups for everybody. We've got groups that meet once a week, groups that meet once a month. We've got 
got groups for specific stages of life or, or certain groups of people. We've got Kathleen's group, that's for women. We've got uh, the Holers group, that's for young families. And, and then we've got other groups that are just for anybody, like Matt and Kristen's group, that's for absolutely anybody. And they dive deeper into the messages. We've got Chris's group that's going to start up next week, the Beach Bums. We're just going to go to the beach and hang out and create friendships and just have fun together. And these groups are so valuable because they're a place where you can meet people that are on your side, people who are going to encourage you when you're struggling, people that are going to pray for you and remind you of God's promises. They're, they're just an amazing place. And, and one of our groups this, this past week um, was reaching out to me and, and just encouraged me with some prayer requests in their group. And one of the members in their group is just, you know, struggling, going through hard times. And the whole group is there praying for them. And they're like, hey, this person's, you know, has to travel because of some family situations. Let's pray for them and let's surround them and let's have different people reach out to them throughout the week and encourage them. That's what groups are about. They're, they're not just a place that you go or show up on Zoom once every couple weeks. They're a place where you have real people that really, truly care about you and are there to surround you. And the first time that I was involved in a small group was when I was in uh, college. And, and that group was one of the most influential things in my whole life. I learned how to read the Bible in that group. I learned, um, you know, just, just so many things. I learned about prayer. And I, I have met so many close friends and I'm still friends with today. Two of the guys in that first small group that I was in were groomsmen at my wedding. You know, groups are so vital for us. And, and if you're not in one, I'd really encourage you to, to check out our groups because I believe that when you're committed to being involved in a group, you'll be amazed at the benefits that you'll see in your life. Now, the second thing that I want to encourage you guys with to do is with surrounding yourself with allies is joining a serving team. Now, now a lot of times when you hear the word serving team, you think about things that you're doing to help the church out. And, and our volunteers do so much to help make Sundays happen, but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how serving teams bless you, what serving teams can do for you. Now, I'm a part of our guest services team. So that's everybody that's out in our lobby, that's holding up signs out in the parking lot, and people that just get here crazy early to help set things up. And this team does so much to have, make things happen here on Sundays, but they do like way more for me personally. And, and I could talk all days about, all day about how like this team has blessed me. I just want to give you two examples. The first one's Ed. And we've got a picture of Ed we can toss up on the screen. This is Ed. He's, he's doing the four fingers. That was an Easter promo for us. Um, but what he's doing right here, he's blowing off the, the stairs outside, blowing the leaves and the, and the trash and stuff off. And that's something that Ed does every single Sunday. I got here at 6.45 last Sunday, and Ed was halfway through blowing the stairs off. Like, he's awesome. He does so much. But the thing that was so amazing to me about Ed, the most inspiring thing that he's done was this fall, he decided that he was going to read through the whole Bible in 90 days which is amazing. Even like Numbers and Chronicles. He was going to read all of the books of the Bible. And I thought that was the, the most amazing thing. But during that, those three months, Ed would come in the morning, he'd blow off the stairs, and then we'd be hanging out in the lobby serving together. And he would share about the things that he was learning. He'd share about what he was reading in the Bible, what he'd been challenged by, what he'd been encouraged by. And we had the opportunity to have those conversations because we served together. And serving, it's not just a place that's about uh, getting a task done. It's a place where you can build relationships with people, where you can make real friends and, and have really amazing conversations. And, and that's the second way that serving teams have blessed me. It's just seeing how much everybody cares about each other. You know, you're not just opening a door or running a camera or, or playing an instrument. 
when you're a part of a serving team, you're really a part of uh, a family. Now, when COVID last year, when things shut down, uh, when we were all kind of scattered and, and doing online church, our guest services teams, all those volunteers, we met up on Zoom every Monday night, and we would just talk. We would talk about life. Uh, Bill would show us pictures of the parade that was going around his neighborhood. You know, we would just just chat and, and talk to each other and catch up and encourage each other and, and pray for each other. And, and it's just... Um, it was so cool to me to see how all these people just really genuinely cared about each other. They weren't just getting together because they all held the door open for people on Sundays. They genuinely cared and were invested in each other's lives. So if you're looking for a crew to fight your battles with, I'd really encourage you to check out one of our serving teams because they're a great way to surround yourself with people that are there for you, people that genuinely care for you and that are going to support you throughout life. At Bayshore, we're a family. Whether today is your first day in the basement, which is awesome, or if you're going on your 10th year of being here at Bayshore, we're a family, and, and we want to surround you with allies so that you're prepared to fight the battles that you're going to go through in life. And I truly believe that we thrive when we are in community with other Jesus followers. You know, David, he really needed Jonathan to be there for him when he was struggling. And I believe that we need to be with each other as we navigate the challenges of life. It's so important to have people by our side as we go through life. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much um, for today, and I thank you so much for this example of David and Jonathan. I thank you um, for just the wisdom that we can learn from how David reached out and, and, and surrounded himself with someone that loved you and someone that could encourage him with, with your promises, God. And I pray that you would help us to find the people in our lives that can be there for us, people that can encourage us, people that can teach us about you, people that can be there to be a light in our lives when, when we're not seeing a whole lot of light. And I pray, God, for everybody here, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would remind them of how much you love them. And, and whatever everybody's going through, God, I pray that you would remind them that you're in control and that you're working things out for good in their lives. I pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.